It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. We are back, and it is time for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Make sure you go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. And sign up for the OU Rewards credit card because it's Christmas and you need a little extra cash in your pocket. They will give you $150 for the first $1,000 you put on that new bad boy, that OU credit card, in the first 90 days. So go check them out. All right, welcome, everybody. It is time for the Big 12 Championship game. We are locked and loaded. We are ready to go. Uh, The entire crew is here. Bob Prisbillo. See, I mentioned you first, Bob. Bob, uh... I, I feel like I should talk about this. Eddie Radosevich, uh, Josh McQuiston here as well. I think Bob... Oh, no, I'm scared. I know. What What is going on here? Bob... <laughs> I'm being fired, aren't I? No, That'd see, be this ruthless is, to bring you on the I podcast. This is what I want to bring up. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm going to fire you on the podcast. The ratings bonanza. I feel like... See, I, 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 I guess I both hate and appreciate this, but... Bob waits till Eddie gets here because he does not want awkward alone time with the boss. You ate in your car the other day waiting for me to clean mine. Someday I'm going to just show up 25 minutes late. I'm going to show up 25 minutes late. See, Bob's giving me this quizzical look, but you know what happens, Bob. It's okay. We can talk about it openly. That's what we do on the podcast. We, We bring awkward things to light. Saturday it's almost the time of the season for the airing of grievances. I was going to wait to see how awkward that could get without I, a pause. I needed to eat Saturday, and Brittany and Pearl had left for the city already. You ate a Burger King burger for 30 minutes. No, well, well, well then I just chilled because there's because you, you were getting ready. I didn't yeah. want to get in your way. Okay. So I just chilled. So you're not afraid of awkward boss time? Did no. you get some uh, Burger King gift cards from somebody <laughs> on the beat for thanks from... Somebody on the beat for Thanksgiving or something? I didn't get those. Did we just have a discussion about this, Eddie? Chick-fil-A line would have been way I'm bringing up questions that should be answered. Uh, Send your text to Eddie Radosevich, (laughs) all right? I'm sick of getting them. (laughs) I never got it. Your angry misspelled text. I didn't even get a Thanksgiving text. Everybody else gets one. I didn't get one. (laughs) I do get one. I know. That's what I'm saying. The entire beat got one. I didn't get one. Message back saying, happy Thanksgiving to you, too. That's all I know. Like me riding a turkey or anything like that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. How was Thanksgiving 19? Okay, stop it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're, we're all friends here. The man is. We're joking around. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What do you think of ba- Baylor secondary? <laughs> all right. Well, before we get to Baylor, uh, let's get to the top of the news, which is uh, the college football playoff rankings have been released. And uh, 
I think a lot of people surprised because there are prognosticators out there and people who measure exactly uh, what the committee does. And they're generally, I, I'm told, pretty good at it. Now, I just subscribed to one of these services. The one week that I talk these <laughs> guys up and, yeah. and we like we talk them up I on the radio. I just Patreoned and- a guy. I don't want to embarrass anyone because I, I haven't followed him. I don't know how accurate it normally is. It's, it's very accurate. It's usually very accurate. It is accurate. very accurate. And, you know, this one guy, I'll give him some, I'll give him a shout out, a CFB professor, Adam McClintock. Like, he said in his projections and i understand like he puts it out all in a column you subscribe to his patreon he, deal and he shows he's you. a great twitter follow yeah. if you if you're on twitter he and spends you like that kind of stuff I'm, even before he was you know all in on this stuff like he was he was always you know tweeting out pretty good stats and stuff he was a good follow so now he's kind of devoted you know he's kind of like the new jerry palm if you will like he he puts all his effort and energy into trying to figure out exactly how this college football playoff committee is going to rank teams every it's week. Tim and another guy, Dave, Dave Bartu. Bartu, yeah, guy. is the other guy. And they both are, you know, they seem to get along unlike us and other media outlets or people. That's weird. Um, well, that's I get along fault. with everybody. No, you don't. Um, so <laughs> he puts out his projections saying that Oklahoma will move ahead of Utah because, and he, he highlights the fact they have three you know, top twenty-five wins. Utah has zero. Uh, they neither one of them have bad loss, but OU schedule strength quite a bit better than Utah's as well. Utah's schedule strength actually worse than Baylor's. Uh, and then, now they do have the game control over OU because, uh, and I think I saw Stuart Mandel put out a stat about these are the number of of wins and losses of their you know top opponents, and it was like the only. Like OU had Baylor, they had uh, what uh, OSU OSU at eight and four, and they have one other one at eight and four. Or was it just the loss? Too they, bad they didn't no, have the, an the loss. The loss would be Kansas and there was State. Much five, but but Utah's all seven and fives. Like they don't even have a really good win. The Pac-12 is terrible. I mean, the more you <laughs> look at it, it's, it's just crazy. ridiculous that OU is still behind Utah. I think you can you can't. Can can't both be true. I think Utah's pretty damn good. Yeah. And I think they've played nobody. Right. I correct. think those are both true. But it's it's truly is, an but, unprecedented but you kind are of, you are tasked with having a good schedule and beating teams in order to qualify to be one of the top four teams in college football. Sure. Their defense feels like the Michigan one from last year, but they don't play an Ohio State team that's right? really gonna yeah. show what they actually that's a are. good a great comparison well, what is the uh what's the number that's been running out there i know ou fans probably already know it by heart but it's utah's uh rush defense and they're number one in the country but when you look at the teams that they've played they and they're rush the top offense, 50 yeah they're like 75 105 103 it's a basically a list of nobodies it's, look, there's a lot of things I don't understand. Like I looked at Jeff Sagarin's rankings this morning just to kind of get a gauge of you know where OU is, where Utah is, where Baylor is. Like in Jeff Sagarin's rankings, Alabama's fourth. Like I don't like tell me how that. Where do you arrive? Like what computers are you using? And OU was way higher than Utah, and Baylor was way down there. Well, and that's the thing you can't even Sagarin rankings. He can't factor in that's not Tua playing quarterback anymore. Yeah, like that that doesn't have any yeah, way. You, there's no way to gauge that. So I mean, like he's still giving Alabama credit for things that Tua did, game control that Tua had. 
not Mac Jones who threw a couple of pick sixes. You know what I mean? Just it's that that's one of those things that is tough for computers to kind of calculate when you get things that are just massive shifts in the way you look at a team. All right, and here's what I want to play last night. Now, most people heard Rob Mullins, the uh, head, the chair of the uh, college football playoff committee. He is also the athletic director at Oregon. And he goes on ESPN, and they answer questions, and he, they ask him questions. He never answers questions. But uh, they also have a teleconference every every Tuesday night, and that's where media members get a chance to come on and ask him questions. And this is what my problem has always been with Rob Mullins is he never actually tells you what it is that makes one team favored over another. He just recites bullet points. And here's Garen Emick from the Tulsa World uh, asking the question last night to Rob Mullins. Um, what specifically is the difference right now in the minds of the committee between Utah and Oklahoma? You know, we, we spent considerable time on it, um, more time than anywhere else on the board. Um, there was plenty of debate. You know, obviously, when you look at o- Oklahoma's resume, they have the win against the number seven team on the road with, without a key wide receiver. And they also beat uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, and when we look at Utah, you know, we see a season-long balance of very consistent play on both sides of the ball. Um, very dominant wins. And their only loss is on a Friday night on the road at a, a, a number 22 ranked team when a key player on offense missed the majority of the game. Right. Those and those are all bullet points. But but what what factor from that that's uh, that has Utah still one spot ahead? Oh, that's exactly the discussion. Those those are the factors, and you just line them up, and then we put a vote on what members see and how they feel uh, those teams line up. Sure. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> that way, Garen. First off, what the f*** does playing on a Friday night have to do with anything? I Twitter swore about that you yesterday. Did. You, you, you don't, you don't yes. say shit. Was, I was proud. I almost thought you were going to say shit. We've corrupted you so much. I feel so good about it. it, it it's crazy <laughs> to me that that is a talking point. I mean, oh, you should. A Friday night game. Oh, you should come out and say, well, we had to play at 7 a.m., Hawaiian Standard Time for six Saturdays a year. Yeah, do you know what? How how early people had to wake up in London to watch our games for the first four weeks? So many OU fans in London had to wake up at <laughs> three a.m. Like it's, it's just it doesn't make sense to me. And USC, they keep forgetting the fact that USC was using their third string quarterback and they beat Utah. Like uh, to me, that, that gets glossed over, doesn't it? To me, like there is okay. Yes, they've had game control. They've been dominant. It's kind of like Baylor, though, isn't it? It's like at some point you play another team and they just have more athletes than you do. Like USC is not a great team, but it's tr- it should be troubling to the committee that the one team that you played with Power 5 athletes all up and down the roster, you lost to them. Fact. I mean, and the I mean, Friday night thing is a scapegoat statement <laughs> if I've ever heard one before ever. in my life. It's, it's funny to me that you look at almost every statistical category as far as strength of schedule, uh, top 25 wins, all of that that encompasses what is supposed to make up a resume. Oklahoma is better on all of them. It is literally, basically what I heard from the committee last night is, our eye test tells us Utah, not only do we think they're better right now, they've been more consistent the entire year. That's That's basically all it is. But 
I guess Oklahoma's argument to that would be, you know, if you just you don't fumble the ball against TCU, you mm-hmm. don't turn the ball over twice in the fourth quarter against Iowa State, all of a sudden those wins from an eye test probably look a whole lot better. And you beat the number seven team on the road without your best offensive player. Like, no, like why doesn't that come up in the discussion? Like, but I would say, and I know well, to be this fair, is, he did mention that he did. Well, and here's the thing. what? That, that they didn't without, have CD. And, well, oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yes. But he won't use that, like, in comparison to, like, you know. Correct. That's just a bullet point. Like, sure. He, by the way, we have to we have to redeem someone here. Because we gave Heather Dinich a lot of shit because she sat there when Jim Mora. Well, she's a loyal listener Emmanuel of the podcast. Acho, so I found that out. Emmanuel Acho. Uh, yeah, I think she's just avoiding confrontation because she actually came on and went after Rob Mullins as well, just like Garen Emick did. What What in particular did the debate surround? Uh, just what we've talked about here, looking at their complete resumes. Obviously, you know Oklahoma has the win over Baylor and Oklahoma State. You know, when you watch Utah, very balanced, very consistent performance. They've they've dominated the majority of their schedule. Um, you know, a, a top two or three defense, um, experienced quarterback, only loss on the road without a key offensive player. Thank you. That was that, a, nearly it. as good as Garen's discussed at the end, but... <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I'm forgiving Heather Dinich. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Manuel Ancho looking for retweets, trying to buy my love. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. This week? You got tagged. And I retweeted it like a shill. But, I mean, he he actually did go out and say that the Big 12 will be in the championship game even if Utah wins. Do you think that... Uh, or be in the playoffs. And I I want to get into that here, and we obviously will, but do you think that they've had the conversation like with all the Jim Morris stuff as far as, do you think in Bristol or wherever they've had a discussion... Emmanuel, we need you to be the Big 12 voice. You haven't been that, but no. we're catching a <laughs> lot of counterbalance him. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I I almost think it was not a coincidence that he comes out after we spend, you know, basically 72 hours giving it to Jim Mora. I mean, even Dusty had to, like, come out and yeah. basically say, There's no my, agenda. Co- my cohorts <laughs> might be idiots, but, like, that's basically what he said. Jim Mora definitely knows where bodies are buried. Because he ha- he didn't even flinch. Like, there was no, uh, well, you know, oh, you did kind of play some good defense, you know, since half of that Baylor game. Like, that wasn't the problem. Yeah. The t- like, none of that. He just came out, doubled down, said, and you know what? Baylor sucks, too. They're flashy and yeah, all they're that fl- stuff. I mean, I'm going to totally misrepresent Baylor now on top of already saying that OU's defense is a disaster. Has there, is there anyone on earth that would call Baylor flashy? No. No. <laughs> maybe like the, the, maybe our Kansas, since like 2013. Kansas might Kansas. call them flashy. <laughs> That's it. There's so many athletes and big plays. Like their defense and ball control. I mean, like maybe they like so Michael Hasty might be the most average back in the league. I mean, Charlie Brewer's oh, a I nice like quarterback. Eh, he's okay. Um, I like Hasty. To me, he's just a guy. They might be talking about rule smock. Better than Rex Burkett? <laughs> I don't even want to think it's, I am never, ever going after Rex Burkett again. <laughs> they might. I'm t- I, they, Nebraska fans have plenty of time to argue. They have They're not going to a bowl game. They have time on their hands. 
and I am not messing with. They that. might be talking about rule smock in terms of being flashy. That thing is flashy. Mm. As a vest guy, I approve of it. It often gets lost in the discussion. Is that the official name of a t-shirt hoodie? Is a smock? I think that's kind of what he's calling it. Max Olson did a little piece on it. I saw that for the yeah. Athletic the other day. Did, I did love, you guys see Matt, Matt Rule pull yeah. the best? I don't worry about recruiting. Recruiting move ever. No, that video that's gone kind of viral on Twitter where he's talking about like, you know, we don't spend our time. You know, I don't stay up late talking to recruits. I don't do all this, but I'm going to give you the 27 recruiting pitches that I have right now. I don't worry about recruiting, but I'm going to recruit for two minutes during this press conference. Like, <laughs> I, I it, like there's nothing wrong with it. And you guys know I've been a Matt Rule fan. I love that hire when it was made. But I love the I don't you know recruiting's not my focus. But I'm going to spend a good chunk of this. Uh, media time talking about recruiting like you can't have that both ways yeah I mean I think that's the biggest thing about you know when people say you know Lincoln Riley and the Cowboys and Matt Rule and the NFL like Matt Rule is not that dynamic guy that lives eats and breathes recruiting like yep. he he is a delegator that's why he's NFL teams yeah. have thought of him so highly like, right the Jets are a terribly run organization I hope they. I hope the owners wake up every day thinking we could have had Matt Rule. God, we got Adam Gase. God, we just lost well, to the Dolphins. I mean, and what does Lincoln love about that? You'd have to think a big part of that is I can control who's on my roster. I get to well, make yeah. those decisions, and sure. he he enjoys it. I mean, he's good at it. He likes doing yep. it. He likes yep. acquiring the talent. So I and mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have that. Have that. Well, with the Cowboys, you specifically don't have. That. Absolutely, that that being almost the worst case scenario. So Sorry, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's it's gonna. It's just watching fan bases from afar. It's just. It's. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. I mean, between Florida State and. God, they Eddie sent us some text today. Some guy that still thinks that there's some massive secret, secret, secret hiring that's happened with Bob Stoops. That's they had the, a secret press conference <laughs> in which they recorded Bob Accepting to play later. Job. To play later, because that's the most Bob Stoops thing of all time. Because right? he can't, he can't be bothered to do a press, con a welcome press conference because he has another job. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. The it has, it, what do they call it? Silly season. It's sillier than silly season. It is wild. Season but I don't know. There. I think I'm more um, triggered. I'm. I think I'm. Is the difference right now in the mind? Sorry, Garen is. Garen. Garen, your time in the pod is done. Incredibly rude, Garen. No, I think what triggers me more are just blanket Cowboys fans that are just like, oh, we're going to get Lincoln Riley. They know nothing about college football or Lincoln Riley. Or really, football in general—they just—they're just Cowboys fans. Well, I—I I, I think who think I, that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the league. Oh, sure. Like those are the people that are just like, oh, we're gonna get Lincoln Riley. I—I I think if I was looking at it from the outside in, and I lived in wherever, insert podunk town in Texas that somehow has the internet, I would probably think that we could get Lincoln Riley as well. I mean, I—I I think that. Yeah, because like, there's he's a lot from of people. Texas, he would love yeah. to have this job. He and there's a lot of people that just think that that's the natural progression for coaches is that you go from coordinator to head coach, from head coach to NFL head coach. When mm -hmm. in reality, I I think that thing has been completely debunked over the last couple of years that the 
there's a certain type of coach for the NFL. There's a certain type of coach for college. And, you know, I, if anybody knows it more than anybody, I think that it'd be like a guy like a Barry Switzer or a guy like a Steve Spurrier, somebody very easily accessible for Lincoln Riley to be able to say, this is what it takes. Or on the flip side of it, you have a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, who would have known that he'd have his somewhat success in the NFL early. Just, I mean, I guess it's a little incomplete. But, but for him, it's, 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 you know. It's completely different. It was a, it was convenient with his current status. Like, to be an offensive coordinator at USC after just getting fired as a head coach at your alma mater. Like, it's kind of like, like Josh Heupel probably be, a, like, he has more of an NFL mentality. Josh, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? 100%. Jo- I think if Josh never had to recruit again, he would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. And I, I mean that's not a shot at Josh. Like that, no. there's and, some guys Kingsbury, that just love to do it, because, and some guys don't. Because he was fine recruiting. Kingsbury was, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying for him, you know, and being an offensive mind, being in that position, that was just the best thing for him. But I don't know that Lincoln's so in control and of his situation, and so entrenched and so comfortable with all the things you have to do to be a head coach. I just don't think it's a good fit. Not not right now. Well, not to mention just, and this is from a very Oklahoma standpoint, but be hard to turn down what he's building right now. Just as far as the offensive guys that he has in the program, uh, you know, Rattler, obviously oh, the quarterback yeah. situation mm-hmm. that they have, everything set for them the to defense make defense coming along. Not like just it is. not just a run, but be a serious contender over the next couple of years. As it appears, the other quote unquote powers across college football. I mean, they're 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 closer than they ever have been to a national championship. I truly believe that. They're closer this year. This team, which is ironic that they might not make the playoffs, I think this team's closer to a national championship than the team last year was. Yes, for the sure. The 2018 yeah. team. Yeah. Maybe okay. not. I wouldn't go that far with 2017. And Correct. maybe yeah. that's just because of my affinity for Mayfield and everything that they had. But I don't know. It just it, The whole thing is crazy in the fact that this team, I think, is better than last year's team, and they might not even make the playoffs, which I guess to kind of circle all the way back around with the college football playoff stuff. Do we really think that if Utah and Oklahoma win that they won't elevate Oklahoma? Like, does you, Has your opinion changed over the last 24 hours being that Oklahoma didn't make the jump last night? They, do they have to go out and do something special this weekend? Yes. Because it feels like the body of work hasn't mattered, and it's just going to come down to one freaking game and how you played in it. Because the it, OU's body of work hasn't mattered throughout the season if the Utes are still ahead of them now. But with OU playing Saturday, at least they'll know what what they've got to do. What is your Did response to the bills at Josh's house? Santa came earlier. What's that? Did I just hear sleigh no. bills at your house? <laughs> That's the dog playing with her bone on the little yeah, tile floor. Yeah. It's like scraping across the floor. So Thought we Sando do have their window or something. <laughs> your is house is the meetup. Your house is the meetup point. <laughs> Linda, Linda's enticing. I mean, it's it's even Santa has his uh, his wherewithal is tested on a by the way, I it, guess I annual it. basis. I is it, it. okay? Does anyone here? How many people think that Oregon will win the Pac-12 championship? I don't have a clue. I haven't watched these teams. It just depends I, what Justin Herbert you get. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a good point. 
And that's my problem. I can't. I do. I, I really struggle to pick Oregon in a big game. I, I mean, the last think, we saw Oregon, they were losing to Arizona State. Yeah. I will say, though, that game was 24-7. to All of a sudden, you thought it was over, and you that's look up, and Arizona State run. has to complete a third and 14, 84-yard yep, pass to even solidify it. I mean, I because I think if Oregon gets the ball back there, only down, what, three? It was 27-24. They get the ball back with, like, two and a half minutes left. After reeling off 14 points, I think they probably win the game, and this and, well, the, and this conversation isn't even happening because the it's winner the winner of, of Oregon and Utah. <laughs> Oregon and, is they they are the most talented team in the Pac-12. There's no doubt yep. on both sides of the ball: offensive line, quarterback, defense. They're the best team. It's going to be really interesting to watch, you know, because Utah's run defense and everything has been so vaunted. I'm like. That's the best offensive line you faced by a mile. Uh, mm-hmm. For OU fans that may remember, a kid came for an official visit. Panay Sewell may be the best offensive lineman in the country, and he's a sophomore. He is a monster. You see, he just got the he's Outland. literally a mountain of a man. I think he was just recognized by the Outland Trophy. I remember uh, he's, what. He is special. This week. Forgot what game it was. This uh, I think it was probably – it was one of those games that we got back way late from a road game, and they were still playing – and I, I ended up watching the second half, and he just dominated. Like, they were basically like, we're going to run right behind you, Sewell, and just clear the way. And that's what they did the entire second half. But it's kind of like Jalen Hurts. Like, can Herbert go out there and not turn the ball over in critical times? Yeah. I, I, I think Utah's pretty good Utah defensively. Will I think have, Oregon's good defensively Oregon, at the same time. Oregon will, they should have the crowd advantage, I would think. Whatever crowd yeah, there will be. There's going to be yeah. like, it's always so. There's going to be more people at the uh, 6A Division Two state, state semifinal in Texas than there will be. Shit, it may be more than they have at Wantland than yeah. at uh, Levi Stadium. That's uh, always a well, ghost town. Guys, and the the thing that we're not thinking enough about here that's a Friday night game. I know. Yeah. Oh, Who boy. does that favor? I mean, that's that's clearly obviously a big not issue Utah. In the if they lose on Friday night, yeah. does it count? Yeah. I, well, I mean, it counts extra if they win, so I don't know if what the, the ratio is. I mean, this. I bet the lines are getting ready to just plummet in favor of uh, Oregon since Rob Probably Mullins should. cracked the code that they can't play on Friday Friday nights. From a viewing standpoint, I would think this weekend, and that's kind of, if you're the true conspiracy theorist out there, this is what the college football playoff committee wants. They want you to sit down. They want you to watch Every Friday game. night. They want you to watch yeah. the Big 12 Saturday morning. And that rolls right into the SEC and then the pa- the Big Ten. So, I mean, from a viewing standpoint, it's going to be pretty kick-ass. What's funny is we talked to R- uh, R.J. Proctor last night, and he said his Virginia boys will take care of Clemson so that OU doesn't have to worry I about I hope them. he's not drug-tested before the game. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Do you know what the line guys, is on that Clemson-Virginia game? I quick? have Vegas Insider pulled up right no, now. No, I know what it is. Do you know what it is off the top of your on head? George, oh, it was like 24 or something like that, wasn't it? It's currently 28 and a half. Open at 24 Whoa. and a half, God. and it's already up. In some places, it's 29. 29 points in a conference championship. Westgate, it's 29. Did you see the Todd Furman stat this week? No. Clemson was a 15 and a half point favorite or more in every game this year. They were a 24-point favorite in 13 of their 14 games. Or, I mean, uh, 12 of their 13 and games. And there lies the problem or for 11 both of 12. OU 12. and Utah. 
neither one of you played in just gangbuster conferences. I think the Big 12 is quite a bit better than the Pac-12. But OU really has no excuses because they lost to Kansas State. No, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, go undefeated and you can still play in a sucky conference. Like, that's the thing about the college football playoff, non-conference games, all that. And everybody knows this. Like, Baylor knew this. Kansas State, with Bill Snyder knew this. If you, even if you play a bunch of idiots in the non, as long as you go undefeated, you're fine. And Clemson's good enough to do that. But it's crazy Guys, to ask a college football team that, considering how hard it is to go undefeated, isn't it? Don't you think, Josh? Well, yeah, and that kind of leads into what I was just looking at. I have officially lost all faith in five thirty-eight. There is no reason to look at it again. I, I would just kind of mess around with the win out possibility on their predictor. If Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson, and Ohio State went out, they give LSU a 6% chance of making the playoffs. Right. They, mm-hmm. No way in hell. I saw that too. If, if Georgia wins by 20, maybe LSU doesn't make the playoff. Maybe. But even then, it's I, I don't see any way it happens. I mean, to me, like this is all LSU moot. and Ohio State are locked in, no matter what. I, 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 that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I would be real surprised. Clemson is just because Virginia has no chance. And yeah, I mean, LSU OU fans have to be huge LSU fans on Saturday. No doubt. Yep. I mean, because if Georgia wins that game, it's all over. This is all pointless. That's the funny part is we've all spent all these like hours and. <laughs> OU, Utah, Utah, Figuring OU. it out between OU and Utah, and even throwing Baylor, who I think is probably the most disrespected school in the history of the college football playoff committee. But if Georgia wins, all of this is null and void. What do they call you know, that? And There's I don't like, have a huge problem with that. No. Yeah. That'll piss OU fans off, but I don't have a problem. Like, the wins for Georgia would be pretty incredible. Yep. Yep. The loss is, is bad. It's a really, really bad loss. What's that? But their wins are amazing. It's it's almost and this will piss people off even more, but it it's such a bad loss for Georgia, it's almost like that was an anomaly Bingo. in a way. You know what I mean? Yep. Bingo. Like it's so bad. They would have been better off look obviously. Winning, I am not I am not worried about Georgia beating LSU in the least. You just don't think Georgia it's gonna happen. Georgia scored a touchdown against Texas A and M. LSU scored a season's worth of touchdowns against Texas A&M. Oh, I don't disagree. I don't. I. I, I just don't see any way Georgia scores thirty, and they're going to have to to beat LSU. And they're not going to have Pickens for the first half because of the dumb yeah. stuff he he did. What do they call yeah. that? Like, uh, is it a military term when you know you're about to defeat your enemy? But then the enemy just does something to just kill everybody. Like they just set off a nuclear bomb or something. Kill themselves and you. Terrorism? Kamikaze? Kamikaze? Not like kamikaze, but like there's some like, yeah. it's like. This is going to be bad because we have no clue. I, there's got, going. there's some, it's it's a. All this military background and we can't come up with I know. <laughs> anyway. Look it up. I don't know. I wouldn't even know what to what to type into Google. I support the troops. Oh my god, that is not what we're talking about. <laughs> that is anyway. Eddie. You can literally at this point now you can say anything you want. You support the troops, so get out whatever else you got to get out there, buddy. No, I think that's probably it. Okay. I will say, while we're still talking about the college football playoff, the worst take out there, and I just saw it, so that's what brings us up. Jeff Schwartz. 
talking about how OU is 0-3 in the playoffs, so this team doesn't deserve to be yeah, in it. That's, that's the worst take on the internet right now. Literally tell me any other reason why OU shouldn't be in the playoffs besides predicating it on what they did in years past. That's the dumbest f***ing thing I've ever heard. Well, the flip of that is Alabama should be in there because they've been there every other year. And they win a lot, and so they should be. I mean, like that's the reverse of the argument. Well, I think you're getting Jeff Schwartz. He's retaliating off a fine bomb, right? Then he yeah, say, yeah, yeah. You, they, yeah. Utah. So Schwartz is a Pac Pac-12 guy. Fine, fine bomb doing what he does. Cycle continues. The the thing is though, fine bomb on this one, he's not wrong. Utah is not a sexy team. Nobody's going to be so excited to watch Utah and Ohio State. Ohio Dude. State and Oklahoma, no matter the, – the, I'm not saying the outcome is going to be that different. I think Utah and Oklahoma are comparable teams. I really do. But that doesn't change that Oklahoma carries a lot more interest, a lot bigger fan base, and just a lot more notoriety. It's what we talk about every week that Utah does. And that's, that's not a reason to choose them or not choose them in the playoff, but it is a reality of the viewing public, which is what Feinbaum was talking about. We're, I, I, Josh, I don't know if you answered. Do you think Oklahoma gets in? Say Oklahoma and Utah both win this weekend. I, I do. I, and I, I base. I mean, it's hard to know. I, I think a little bit depends on how Oklahoma looks. If they go out yeah. and they can remove the mistakes they made in the first game and just play a clean game and beat Baylor, like I think they would have. And I hate that. I, I hate that I keep saying, well, the, if they'd have done this and they'd have done that, because I've, I've, I'm getting killed by Baylor fans right now because I've tweeted about it a couple times. Um, but Oklahoma's a better team than they're, Baylor. Guys. You, can, you can slice that any way you want. They're pretty Oklahoma's Oklahoma's picking Baylor to win team. straight up. The Baylor fans have to be pretty easy to defeat on Twitter. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, that's like, like, they're the, like, well. That's stroke, like the dirty cross, bomb like we're talking about them. or whatever. Yeah, you just uh, hold the cross up. Well, well they're know. comparing like dropping passes in the second half to Jalen Hurts fumbling on the one. I'm like, guys, it's not the same thing. Like, I don't know what to tell you about that. Or, you know, throwing a terrible interception across the field or fumbling, you know, when he's scrambling around. Like, they, they just – oh, OU didn't just make, like, mistakes that happen in the flow of a game. They made game-changing mistakes and made them multiple times. Chair just broke. Oh, no. Gary just went down. Loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> my Apparently, my chair has a recline feature I didn't know about. We reclined. It just it, the whole thing. I guess at the end of the day, I I can't put a lot of stock into what this committee has told us on Tuesday nights. And I think anybody that's right. listened to the pod kind of knows our t our stance on this. It, none of this really matters until Sunday morning. Then you can get angry, and I know there will be a lot of people angry either way it goes, whether OU's in it, whether Utah's in it. Uh, there's just a lot that is going to unfold in the next three days when it all starts on Friday. The thing for OU fans to remember, and I know they're not going to hear me, and they're probably going to get mad that I say this. If OU doesn't make it, OU has no one to blame but themselves. Sure. No one. They lost I to a team they could yeah. should have beaten, and they, and they routinely laid eggs. Where games that they should have put away, they didn't put away. I I understand what you're saying, but uh, I don't agree. Blame Jim Mora if you don't get in. <laughs> <laughs> and call well, for that, his firing. I, I love that the players are even in on, like, 
hatred of Jim Mora. I mean, like I, some of the disastrous stuff, like Kenneth Murray was liking that stuff on Saturday night. Like, it's not just great. Jim Mora, though. It's like old, these old football coaches yep. that just won't give in. Well, they just haven't paid attention. It's like, if you didn't watch the Oklahoma State game and say, wow, that's like that's that's so different what we saw against Oklahoma State than a couple of strips against West Virginia a year yeah. ago. I mean, like those are just a couple of plays that happen in a game that was out of control already. Like that was a game that OU controlled from beginning. Well, other than the first drive, OU controlled that game defensively. Yeah, you could argue that first Motley pick is ruled an interception. It gets bad in a hurry. It still ended up pretty bad, but it yeah. it could have been twenty four seven in the second quarter, and it could have spiraled. Around. Like if they, I if, guess I just don't understand how people watch OU play this year and they sit there and go on the radio. Like Pat Jones on the way down here, it's like, oh, they just, they don't play any goddamn defense. It's like how I don't know how you can say that. How you can sit and watch games and then and say that they haven't improved this year? It's crazy well, to me. And everybody keeps talking about it like, well, it's, you know, it's Lincoln Riley's changed the offense. And some of that's true. They're not on the field as much. I get all that. But that also has a huge role in third down conversions where Oklahoma's number 13 in the country, allowing 31%. They're right behind LSU, right behind Auburn, right behind Utah. It's 10, 11, 12, 13 is Utah, Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma. Nobody else would have that conversation that in some ways Oklahoma's right there with those schools. They, even though Oklahoma, best LSU in almost every category. You can't go from the hundreds into the 20s and, <laughs> and, and not? Just not be recognized for it's improving. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know what's crazier. The jump that this defense has made or the fact that Oklahoma has basically changed their offense to a game control or ball control, put drives together offense, and statistically, they're averaging eight. Point three six yeah. yards a play, but see, I don't think it's. I don't think it is. That's right up there with the offenses of the past years. That was historically good. Like people, that's better than twenty seventeen. Yes, people. It is. People kind of tag this like, oh well, Lincoln's slowing it down. He's he's controlling the clock. I just think that this is what he has to do because you remember all the times we talked about how impossible it was to establish a running back. When when you call so many passes and Jalen yeah. Hurts turns half of them into running plays, like it was just impossible for them. I, I mean, I, I I think that's the most impressive thing that Lincoln Riley has done, other than his first year after that Texas loss, when he's like, you know what, I've got some running backs, I've got to start using Samaj P. Ryan and, and Joe Mixon, and he did, and they became a better running team. Now he's like, look, we have to run the ball, like we have to run the ball with our running backs because. They're averaging ten yards a carry, even though they're getting like four or five yards, you know, four or five carries a game. So we, so in essence, in order for him to run the ball and and give it to the running backs, this is the style of offense that happens because Jalen Hurts still, he's still choosing not to throw the ball. I mean, you're going, and it's not like you know they're losing. They're they're going from like thirty passes a game to like twenty, even less. Yeah, I mean, I mean seventeen twenty. I mean, it's a, well. I'm just saying the average, like since they've said, and you notice it, like every the first play of every game is a handoff to Kennedy Brooks, and it goes for ten yards usually. They're literally putting their players in the best position to 
succeed, aren't they? I mean, that's literally what Lincoln Riley's doing. It is, and then it's about CeeDee Lamb and Rambo trying to accept what Trey Sermon and Brooks had to accept during the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to be a bit of a struggle for those guys compared to what the running back. You know how that conversation should go? And I know you got to smooth a bunch of egos down there, but deal with it. Do you like winning? Deal with it. Well, and that's that, what Nick Basquin said on Monday. He said we got to be okay with winning. Basquin and Morris get it. Yeah, yeah. But if but you're, those guys aren't probably and they're not up I, for the bullet. Nicole. No offense to Nick or or Lee, but those guys aren't getting ready to play on Sundays either or have their focus set on that. Exactly. But at the same time, it's just I don't I don't know what you're going to do. It's, are you going to force the issue and try and throw the ball nine times to? C.D. Lamb and waste downs? I mean, because that's literally what you're doing. The, th- the, th- the biggest anomaly, though, is the second half against Baylor because that was an offense where Jalen Hurts threw it all over the field had to, to different people. He had to, though. They were, over, they were down they by were 25. Down. But I'm just saying, he's he's he is capable of doing it. Like, for whatever reason, he stayed in the pocket and scanned the field and found the receivers like no other time he's done this year. And it's just like... Okay, they got past that game, and you thought, okay, well, he's going to grow out of this. He's going to become a better passer in the pocket, and he really hasn't. I mean, he he made some nice throws against Oklahoma State. I mean, he makes nice throws. The, you know, we everybody talked about Ramondre Stevenson being lined out wide on that on the catch that he that made. Third and That's a great throw from Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Across the field, all that win that you guys were talking about in the post game. I mean, that was a tough throw, and he made it look pretty simple, pretty straightforward. He's, I think Oklahoma just finally knows what they are offensively. They're not trying to be something they're not. They're not trying to showcase. I don't know if they ever were, but it felt like at times they were trying to showcase Jalen Hurts. And instead, they're just, this is the best way for this team to win. It makes our defense better. It makes our offense more functional. Like, let's just be who we are. Yeah. The problem is, the more they are this offense, the more it does kind of showcase Jalen Hurts. Because they're yeah. running it so much, he's picking up a lot of the short yardage stuff. I mean, because the ball's in his hand. I mean, like, when he goes back to throw on third and five, and he scrambles and picks up the, the first down by an inch, it's like, whoa, it's the Jalen Hurts show. That was well, impressive. Okay. Oh, man, show. Was was there almost a revolt when Jalen Hurts caught a touchdown pass? I, I mean, know. that felt like, like the that's ultimate. Not, that's not the smartest thing is to be calling <laughs> reverse passes to Jalen Hurts for touchdowns. Like if you if you already kind of have a little bubbling cauldron of jealousy as it is, that's not helping. Yeah, I just Riley doesn't care. Right, he's yeah. trying to score. Yep, and he loves reverse passes. He does. He loves those like fat kids on like the three year on the on the three yard line. Yeah. Especially how how many schools in recruiting do you think are trying to work against Oklahoma? Like, look, this is what they are. And Riley's like, have, have you seen who we've got on the bench? Like, no, it's it's going to be fine. Just I would imagine relax. he has an entire pre, uh, PowerPoint presentation that <laughs> if it's ever brought up, he's like, all right, I'll be back. I'm going to go get a drink. Just watch this. It's like a three minute <laughs> video of everything they've done in the last three years. I mean, Lincoln he goes Riley, in the mom's kitchens whipping up a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Riley literally. I'll has, be back. All right you know, the best young offensive line in college football and he'll be on the two yard line and instead of just giving it to Kennedy Brooks and letting him barrel in the end zone, he would rather run a triple flea flicker, you know, here's another football coming out of my ass, let's use this one. Now throw it down the field and if he could get away with it, I'm sure that he would. I'm I'm just shocked and I 
the only reason we didn't hear the take of why is Oklahoma using this because it's a play people have actually seen before. I'm like, that just that that's one of those takes. Like Eddie always gets mad about that's the one that drives me crazy. That like, oh, why would he show this against Oklahoma State? He's got Baylor next week. Do we really think Lincoln Riley is short on creativity? Like he, he can come up with something. He shows that against every. He does exactly. this shit against Kansas. Yeah. It's been exactly. proved. It's it's documented, and I think it's been brought up on the board before. He runs trick plays more times than not against the lesser opponent. Yes. Against your Kansases. He threw he the, uh, the throwback care. against Iowa State three years ago. Yep. It He does it against the lesser opponents more times than not, which I think in a way is his way of keeping other teams honest, of, of just throwing it out there well, I think it's, and I saying, think he does yeah, it. we got this in our, in our bag. I think he does it because teams that aren't as good, he knows that they are pursuing harder than anyone. Sure. He knows that they're going to score. He yeah. knows they're going to work. By the way, I uh, want to remind you guys, it is Christmas time. Uh, a lot of bills going on. Bowl season coming up. You need some extra cash laying around. Uh, why don't you go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. Sign up uh, for Midfirst Bank's OU Rewards credit card. They are the exclusive provider of the OU credit card. Right now, you can earn $150 on your first $1,000 spent in the uh, first 90 days that you open your account. And uh, also, you you read you are registered for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience every time you make a qualifying purchase with your OU Rewards credit card. Uh, and what will that register you for? The ultimate game day experience. VIP tickets to a football or basketball game plus five hundred bucks. So you get zero percent APR for the first year. Uh, and uh, MidFirst Bank does a great job sponsoring the podcast. But go and sign up. There's a uh, apply now button right there, midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. And uh, get yourself the OU credit card. It's 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 crimson. It's got the big OU logo on it. Every time you whip it out to pay for something, uh, everybody's going to know that you're a big OU fan. So go sign up for that. Thanks to MidFirst uh, Bank for being a huge sponsor of the unofficial 40 uh, all throughout the football season and beyond. Okay, guys, so Baylor's coming up. Um you know, this is a team, as much as Jim Mora and others have, you know, tried to kind of shit on the defense, uh, we know that they are playing really well. And I here's the thing to me, like, you see what Parnell Motley did. I got to think everybody else on that defense is kind of taking notice and saying, okay, Nick Benito kind of had his moment. Uh, um, I'm trying to, you know, Parnell's Bookie. had his moment. Bookie. Bookie's had his moment. Now, Parnell had a really big moment against OSU. Like, I want to get my moment. I And I had a little conversation with uh, Ronnie Perkins, uh, and uh, there's a little overcussing in here, too, which I enjoyed uh, from uh, Mr. Like, here's the thing. Like, Ronnie Perkins, like, he's from, is he from St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I know he's from Missouri, but he's like St. Louis proper, like just outside. I think it's St. Louis. Like, okay. So, yeah. He went to Lutheran North. Yeah. yeah. Like he would so. totally like he, you can see him kind of taking on the country persona of of Oklahoma a little bit in this I love interview. Ronnie Perkins. He is so good to talk to. Here's Ronnie Perkins. It seemed like you know Parnell going out there and basically <laughs> becoming the best player on the field. Yeah. You haven't had a guy dominate like that. How much 
How much can that help the defense? How much can that be kind of contagious for you guys? I mean, it's real contagious. You see, people might get all the turnovers. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, shit, I want one too. <laughs> so I mean, uh, it, I mean, it could it, it, uh, it create like a little competitive edge, you know, with the guys on the defense, you know, who want to get the most turnovers, you know. But uh, last week, Pima did a great job of it. Uh, like he. He really was playing one-man defense at one point, <laughs> as I describe it, you know, taking the ball by himself. So, I mean, um, I mean, we all feed off that energy, getting the ball out. You know, he made me want to go get a strip side. Deshaun said it looked even better when you guys watched it back. Like, it was even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, in person it was crazy, too, because, like, I had, like, a front row seat to it. <laughs> so I just see him, like, rip the ball off. I'm like, what the hell? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, nah, it was a major play for us, man. So, I mean, that's exactly what Coach Andrew been preaching. You know, one man uh, holding the ball, carry up, the other go for the ball. I mean, he's a guy that's had so many ups and downs here. I mean, he was he's just one of the guys. I mean, does that kind of make an impact that – this guy's, you know, had ups and downs here, and all of a sudden he goes out and he's finally getting it. You know, mm -hmm. that that could come for all of us. Yeah, most definitely. Um, he just fighting through his adversity. You know, nothing never gonna go as planned. Never gonna go how you want it. So he just kept swinging. You know, going going through uh, the bad times he went through, and now like he got brighter days because he kept fighting <coughs> through that adversity. I love me some Ronnie Perkins. Uh, here is Alex Grinch talking about the same stuff. Alex, you told us kind of with the turnovers that, you know. Your hope was kind of one guy leads to two, leads to three. Now that you have that performance from Parnell, does that give you hope like that this could be kind of contagious for your defense? Well, I, I think it is, and you, you saw the ball out more this, this, this past week um, than, than, than probably you know, in any game uh, over the course of the year. So does it speak to, to, to that uh, uh, you know, in, in some ways? I think that it does. Um, I, th I think it's also just an appreciation for um, you know when you when you take the field you, you got you got two outcomes that you you can uh, obviously you know grind and fight for either getting off the field in, in, in a kicking situation or or get off the field with a take winner so I think there's just an appreciation for that as much as anything else and so uh, when, when you see uh, you know one guy do it uh, you know I want to be like him I mean I think that's uh, I, I want that outcome um, and and uh, want to part of it and then the next piece is obviously getting that thing done but uh, uh, so no that, that was real positive and excited for him and, and guys I think you know the biggest question about this game I think that everybody has is what does it mean when you play a team twice because OU's done it a few times now uh, they they were a lot better against Texas been on the flip side of both of them haven't they well they've they won beat TCU had to play they've them again to, and know, then they've to lost defend Texas against mm -hmm. a team they already beat and they've had to defend against a team they lost to uh but you know Gary Patterson's a hell of a coach and they yeah. always seem to handle that I mean it wasn't it wasn't like you always wonder like oh Gary Patterson's really good like they're gonna have something for this OU team and OU handle it every time it was 17 nothing before TCU even knew what hit them and yeah. obviously Texas didn't have any good coaches because they've all been fired now uh, but interesting I mean, how that works. We all think Matt Rule is a pretty good coach, like yeah, and they've got a pretty good coaching staff. Like, what are they going to have for Oklahoma? Listen, the second you can time look around? at it two ways. I think you can look at it either as far as the first time around, it was kind of a fluke that OU fell behind by twenty five, put themselves in bad position. Josh, I think you're kind of on this side, and then they whooped their ass in the second half. Or you can look at it as it was an all time meltdown by Baylor. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're just as good as Oklahoma. And maybe they stick with it, and they get them this time, and they do force a couple more turnovers. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's very fascinating to look at, and it probably the rematch just in itself probably won't get the, the, I, I'm, what am I trying to say here? The, 
Um, they won't live up to the hype. But, well, or the notoriety, the that it should get. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. I think this is probably one of the better games on the slate this weekend, and all you're going to hear about is Georgia and LSU. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, people just don't want to see rematches when somebody's won already. I mean, I think the OU Texas thing was kind of interesting because I, I'm pretty sure OU was favored in that game. Well, um, and you had defensive staff up. You know, they yeah. changed it all, so it felt like a different team. It did. You're right. You're you're right. Ruffin I mean, McNeil leading the charge. This is just. Well, and such let's a... also be honest. It was Texas. This is Baylor. Yep. Like, sure. Whether we like it, the national perception is just different. Sure. By no, the way, uh, Ronnie Perkins went on to uh, continue his overcussing when he was asked about that safety by Trey Brown. And when the play was called in, he was like, oh, shit, I don't think that's going to work. I think everybody probably would have thought that <laughs> at the time. Buki said the same thing. He's like, I don't know how Ellinger didn't see Trey coming. Yeah. It was right to his face. And it was. It wasn't a blind side. It came right to him. And he just wasn't looking. I think there's a lot of people wondering how Sammy Ellinger hasn't seen a lot of things here lately. Oh. Well, he sees plenty of horns down. That's he true. Miss those. It's true. Yeah, he doesn't miss those, does he? Their off season's already started. Uh, no, but I—I I mean, good luck thing, in the Texas Bowl or wherever the. The thing that is interesting is, go. has this OU defense finally figured it out? Have they, have they gotten over, you know, the Kansas State meltdown? The you know, is Jalen Hurts gotten over his turnover thing? Like. Can they put it all together? I mean, what's the most if, if OU, OU doesn't fumble, the defense just plays, you know, respectfully. Do they this win weekend? by do they win by twenty one going away? I don't know about twenty one. I'd say a good a solid two touchdowns though. I, I could see if, if they went out, played played like I mean, not even like they did in the second half. That that was again, that's I talked about it after that game. That's not realistic to expect. Like that that's not what's gonna happen game in and game out but somewhere in the middle of the two halves oh you can win that game 38 21 yeah something like that i mean I think that, that'd be that, a that really good possible win. to me and here's the thing that i can't figure out about baylor i mean you go to overtime against tcu uh you should have lost to texas tech you beat uh iowa state you had, were they up and then iowa state came yeah, back they, or was it the other way they were around? up 20 to nothing and then it was 21 20 and then they kicked the field goal to win. I want to say it was 20 to nothing going into the fourth yes, quarter, it, too. Well, it was another Iowa, Iowa State, State scored three touchdowns four, in the fourth like quarter. Just like they did against the Sooners. I mean, because of Spencer Sanders' turnovers, the only team they really handled was Oklahoma State. Yeah. Until Texas. Until Texas, yeah. And Kansas, I guess. So the la- I mean, well, I mean, Kansas. They've played really well the last two weeks. And that's why I said. And they beat Kansas the, State the by seven, back. right? Like, What's did that? they beat Kansas State by seven? No, they destroyed them did in they destroy Manhattan, like okay. 30, That's right. that 13 was the or something. Okay. Yeah, they beat them good. So, I mean, it's just Really such good a teams weird, go to, can- to Manhattan and win. It's just such a what? weird team. I, I can't figure out, are they Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State, or are they better think, than that and closer to Oklahoma? I think they're somewhere closer to Oklahoma, but just below maybe like two or three levels. So they're a better version of all the eight and four teams in the con- eight, yeah, eight and four, seven and five. I think that's probably fair. I I can't get a handle on Brewer. I I thought yeah. with, you know with Mims and Platt and you got all those weapons, but they're not. They're not flashy. They're not what Jim Morris said. I that's not who they've been. I think Kansas. I mean, uh, Baylor is a solid top fifteen team 
And what that means, I, I maybe I don't know. But I think OU is a solid top six team, and they're probably a solid top 15. You know the one thing that you know I, didn't happen last time around that I thought would is I thought OU's defensive line would have more success against their offensive line. Well, and towards the end happen. of the game, they started to. Yeah. I mean, I guess they... Perkins, they, only, they only had Perkins like 16 did. plays in the, in the second half, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you could see them wearing those guys down up front. Here is uh, Alex Grinch talk a little bit about the, the rematch. Alex, is it? you think it's a little different for a defensive coordinator when you face a team twice, maybe, than it would be for an offensive coordinator? You know, I haven't really given uh, much thought to that angle. I mean, I, I think... You know what you what you can't do is get so wrapped up in the first game and say that that okay these are these are the the ten things that you're going to see and these this is how they attack you so obviously that's how they're going to attack you uh, this coming weekend and so in any event you you got to you got to you know use those as data points you got to you know, put that in your breakdowns as if they were playing against somebody else and obviously it's it's good video because they're they're attacking you but uh, um, no I I, I I I I would limit it to that you know you, you use it but uh, you know make sure you don't get uh, so engulfed in it that it, it kind of uh, compares. Elijah. And I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're playing a football game. You know who these guys are, but you're not going to be able to use that first game to allow you to play the perfect second game, I think is what he was saying there. And don't expect that. You're just playing football. Yeah. I think, and I think in a way, that's why it helps Oklahoma a little bit that they've been in this situation here over the last couple of years. They've played in these big games. I, I think that that counts maybe not for everything, but it counts for something for sure. Just as far as performing and playing on the big stage, being able to execute on the big stage. Cause in a way, if you really want to, I guess, would you be putting it in a vacuum? Is that the, the proper uh, dialogue on this? But I, they were a little bit on the big stage in that second half, and they kind of threw up on themselves. Right. This would, Talking about Baylor. Mm-hmm. This would be the only other time where the eyes of the country will be on them. It's the only game at 11 o'clock, so they've got the entire nation watching them. And what they did second half in Waco against the Sooners didn't probably respond very well to that challenge. And here they have another shot. And maybe they're just a team that's not meant for the limelight just yet. Maybe they have to learn how to be that team in the next year or two. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a possibility where this is a team that when the stage is that big, they're not quite ready for the moment. By the way, I want to remind you guys, uh, SeatGeek has you taken care of for all your ticket needs. And, and actually, uh, they are the official ticket partner for the Big 12 championship game. So, a uh, lot of seats available. Uh, still, a lot of great deals out there. Uh, I'm looking in the SeatGeek app right now. I want you to go and download that SeatGeek app. 60 bucks, 65 bucks for a pair of tickets. Uh, and the thing about the SeatGeek app and SeatGeek.com is that they take all the tickets and they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and then they show them on an interactive seat map. So they break down uh, all the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets uh, with total confidence. And I've used them uh, for a lot of stuff. Uh, everybody here has used them. Eddie's used them for Cubs games. Josh used them for uh, Astros games. I've used them for concerts and uh, uh, buying tickets for friends when they're in from out of town and things like that. It's always easy to use. And here's what you can do, uh, especially with the Big 12. Uh, make sure you get your tickets through SeatGeek and then use our promo code SCOOP. And uh, if it's the first time you've used SeatGeek, you'll get a $10 off, $10 off 
your first purchase. So uh, go ahead, download that app, SeatGeek, uh, and uh, use our promo code SCOOP for $10 off your first purchase uh, through the SeatGeek app. So make sure you go and do that. And like I said, uh, Big 12 working with SeatGeek on the championship, so you know you're taken care of. Okay, so going into this game, Jalen Hurts comes out and performs really well, doesn't turn it over against Oklahoma State. Kennedy Brooks uh, has a great game. He looks good to go. Ramondre Stevenson even came in and did well. Offensive line seems to be healthy. R.J. Proctor, I'll say this, guys. R.J. Proctor really seems to have settled in now. Uh, you know, Even if Eric Swenson's healthy, I don't think there's any reason to be right. playing and, and Swenson we, over Proctor. Well, we were talking to Proctor yesterday. You could clearly see this is a guy that has a lot of confidence right now, and he admitted freely that it took him a while to adjust to everything that Beatonbo was throwing at him, but he's reached that point now. He is ready to roll. Do you think that they... And I, I was listening back to your uh, your interview, Bob, with RJ. As far as do you think that when they decided we're going to go more ball control, we're going to start running the ball more? He talked about how much he likes he run blocking. Run. He loves to run block. Was that a decision that they said, "All right, we should just go with Proctor if we're going to run the ball"? Because it, it's not. A, I don't think it's a coincidence that he gets in the game and all of a sudden. They've been really good at running the ball over the last couple of weeks. Or maybe it is a coincidence, and I'm putting too much into the way that he's played, Josh. Oh, no, I don't think there's there's any question. I mean, he is – he's been really clean the last two games. Like, I, I wouldn't say he's dominant or anything, but he he's taken that left tackle position away from being a problem. I mean, like, after – even after the Baylor game, we're like, guys, I don't know what they're going to do at left tackle. This is an issue – if they can find a way to the playoff, it's going to be a real problem against some of the teams they could face. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. R.J. Proctor is not going to go 60 minutes against Chase Young and win. But give him a little help. You can do some things. Maybe you can do enough to slow that down. Um, but Or at least keep it from just every play being a problem. Anyway, I... I don't think, though, there's any question. When you look at Oklahoma's efficiency, they're pulling from both sides. It's not, you know, we're going to run guard tackle left or we're going to run only counter right. Like, they're they're doing it with comfort to either direction, and I think that speaks that they're getting more comfortable with what Proctor can do. Uh, you know, the other thing is, I think, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Caleb Kelly, how much he's going to play, how much better he's going to play, I think is an even bigger question. Uh, than what he's been playing. But what we do know is that Nick Benito and David Aguebu are two guys that are really starting to come on for this defense. And, of course, Benito had the biggest play of the game defensively last time these two teams met. Uh, but, you know, Q Overton, I give it up. I mean, he, we, here we are. Into the regular season, I don't think I've ever taken the time. Q Overton, you had a magical year this year. I kind of ran you down a little bit, didn't believe... I've been super impressed with that kid all year long. I mean, when you talk Aguebu, Benito, they almost evenly distributed those snaps Saturday. 33 for David, 32 for Nick. That's the first time they've really shown that trust in Aguebu, and he, he showed out to where you would expect it again Saturday. And if Aguebu starts playing at a high level to go with the consistency that Benito's been bringing – all of a sudden, you're not as concerned about what's happening with that rush spot. I thought OU did a pretty decent job for the most part 
uh, on Lynch um, last last time they played. Um, the other defensive end guy, I can't remember his name now. It's escaping me. He was the guy that kind of had the day. For who? Oh, uh, uh, James Lockhart. Lockhart, Baylor? yeah. yeah Lockhart, Lockhart, to yeah. me, was a lot more active than Lynch was. Everything just happened so quickly in that first half. Like, as far as turnovers, you obviously, you're, I mean, they it was didn't a shit really. Show, yeah. Yeah. And the, they, it seemed like they were getting anything they wanted in the passing game. I have to go back and watch that this afternoon just to, just to revisit because it, it was, it was such a shit show. It was such a well, disaster. It was, it was Brewers legs. You're, re- you're it was ready to them. just fire everybody. Everybody yeah. was fired. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was, it was just clearly at halftime. It was like, can we? I remember, I mean, Bob and I, we talked about this in the post game. Like, there was a point where we were like, can we leave? Like, would anybody care if we just left? It's 31 10. Season's over. Can we just go? The only thing we were wondering is, is Lamb going to come out and play in the second half? Because they need him that bad. By the way, I will never tell a story about cookies again at halftime, ever. Mm-hmm. No Turn matter ga- what happens. <laughs> Turn the game around. <laughs> I think that. I was waiting to get a uh, full halftime food report from Stillwater. The pretzel. We will never. If those coaches ever see us again, they will go in the other direction without food, I think. No. <laughs> some of them want cookies. <laughs> they will send a, a QC to get the cookies for the group. Do that. Some of those are big guys, man. They're nothing wrong with wanting a cookie. It's okay. Well, some of the bigger ones, uh, they were the ones who thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I, mean, I think they all you know. thought it was funny. It's just, it's just us. We're jackasses. We appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, hashtag losing team needs needs cookies too. I mean, whatever. You know what? I think that's a good point, Josh. Every losing team should get cookies at halftime. Bunch of millennials. Exactly. I mean, did you get orange slices, win or loss, back in the day? Yeah, you did. Uh, no, we didn't. We ooh, we well, got, I got drink tickets. We got whippings. <laughs> we all and didn't eat. We all hated the kid that brought orange slices. Thank you. Yeah, who brought orange slices? I'll tell you. Who we got orange drink. slices. I, I, Look at all the school shooters. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm not saying that. That's uh, yeah. I mean, pretty close, isn't it? I could see our guy back. becoming a school shooter. Yeah. I, see, I was the kid who wouldn't is. take the drink ticket. The kid who brings orange slices. Is the kid whose mom knows he can't make friends or he gets bullied and she's just trying to help him by giving him orange slices. Oh, she's trying to buy friendship? Yes, she's trying to buy him some friends so he brings orange slices and you're like, what's wrong with you? Uh, You brought a bag of syrupy fruit. We're trying to to play baseball. We, We have a ball and hands and we don't need gunk all over our hands. Like, Put the orange slices away. There's not a picnic. Orange slices we, were probably more soccer than anything. Yeah. You did say the kid was getting bullied, though. That kind of leads to Eddie's theory. I know. I know. But the, the it's thing all is, coming together. I just the brought thing the is, greatest theory what, of all what time. What ultimately happens with the orange slice kid is everyone hates him. They tell him to go away, and then he spends the entire game sitting at the end of the bench eating his own orange slices that his mom gave him. <laughs> And his white pants are all sticky and gross. Yes. Just, yeah, yeah. Get in here. We need somebody to run. <laughs> that never happened. Because you're never getting off the bench. You're not getting on his base. His name was Richard. Yeah, he sounds and like And everybody a called him Richard. We were mean. We were kids. 
Wow, this this all this got really real there, Terry. Like that, yeah. that took a turn. Like you're almost. Do you this want is, to apologize? Wait a second. This is how On your license, your real happen. name is Richard, isn't it? <laughs> We're talking about you. Mm, my my uh, beauty plate. You want to call Richard so you can be crossed off as people to kill list? Oh, I might be on that list. Put some lipstick on. Somebody just started a high school Facebook group before. today. I better go see if he's on there. Apologize. Oh God. That means there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. I can tell you They're that. They're wanting to do another reunion. Yep. I knew it. I knew exactly what that was going for. I did my 10-year. I don't know what my 20-year is going to look like. That, that'll be interesting. 10-year hmm? was fun. I had a good time. Graduating from West probably won't be too many guys around. <laughs> <laughs> well, most are in prison, buddy. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> Yeah, you won't have it at West though, will you? <laughs> oh hell no! Like we we had like we had it over like I think uh, off like Expressway. Like we we were way up on the north side. Yeah, you so. had to come over to my side of town to do it. <laughs> yep, yep. We had Sully up the north side of town. Well, I'll take your money. It all spends the same. <laughs> think of all the high school PC West high school reunions they had at Crystals back in the day. Well, I, I mean, know who they're having that. Reunions at Crystals. That was more of a children's place to have birthday parties. Unless it you was can a, get a pitcher of beer, though. Yeah, you? Mm-hmm. yeah, you can, but I don't know. It's not what you. No. probably not the first thing. That it's you not like of. you would turn into a pedo or something. Yeah, it's not like you're having your high school reunion at Chuck E. Cheese's, <laughs> which I still recommend to go get a slice of za and a pitcher if you're hungry. Tiffany, and I have done that. We did that at. Um, one of Lainey's friends' birthday parties. Like, we were just like, okay, go play. And like, we got a beer and a pizza and just hung out. It was, it was pretty it was, freeing. I bet it was pretty good. It wasn't. No, the pizza was fine. I, I was I was pleased and the, the beer was cold. I mean, what are you going to complain We've about? We've talked about it before, though. I mean, you get you will get judged if you start going to Chuck E. Cheese to get your large pizza for the night, though. There's something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, was, <laughs> that, yeah. I still have There's never, something that makes that uncomfortable. I've still never postmated myself a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I don't think see. that you can. I, I, no, you can. You can? Yes. Uh, and yeah. I've heard that it's not absolutely terrible. We don't need to be doing that. You guys need and to buy Pepsi we, that in a postgame pod. Well, they're not, they probably won't be open. I guess we'll do it next year. How about that? The Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, Exciting news! I think I may take part in this this week's post game pod. So that's that's big. I don't even know uh, how we're gonna do it. Really, we might have to come back here and do it. Yeah, because we all want to get back, but we in you know because the game everybody wants to watch. Well, that game will be started by the time we're done working the SEC. I would imagine if we we'll did, miss the entire SEC game working. Yeah. That always happens. Yeah. I would imagine if we wanted to do a um Jerry like World's a big enough we could big do it 12, there. I we guess. could do a short recap from Jerry World and then we're gonna have to get together Sunday whether they make it or not. Yeah. Because it's either yeah. gonna be a meltdown or a congratulations, you're going Well we back won't to the have playoffs. to get together. If they we lose won't. to Baylor we won't have to get together <laughs> well, on Sunday. If, if they lose to Baylor we won't be doing podcasts <laughs> from from here on out. And forget about it. You don't want to do one from the Sugar Bowl, Eddie? Uh, no, I mean, it wouldn't be too bad. I, the good thing for Oklahoma fans is the alternative to not making the playoff is a pretty decent matchup in the Sugar Bowl Great if they win right. against a pretty good SEC team. I, I mean, Georgia throw fans Georgia not or Florida go back in there. there again, though, for a second year, I bet. Oh, I mean, I, I think that they would 
go. They would have to. I they might take Florida instead. If OU loses to Baylor and Baylor doesn't make the playoff, would OU go to the Cotton Bowl? Yeah, in which case, large. I, I'm on record saying if that happens, they should turn down a bowl bid. You don't want to go play Cincinnati or whoever. It's the at-large. The, yeah. the I know. It's, the at-large. It'd be awful. It's Memphis. It'd be OU and Memphis. It'd be Memphis. Or Cincinnati if they win, right? I guess they'd they have to play Memphis, each other. That would, There's a lot to be gained from that game. That would be gross. It could be Boise. <laughs> That'd be gross. Because Boise should have jumped Cincinnati Ugh. when Cincinnati They really should Memphis. have, yeah. I mean, I think Memphis will probably win. They'll be without their head coach, though. No, they did not. I'm saying they they should have jumped in. Okay. I don't think so. Go look at the thread right now. Eddie, would Sam come back and give a motivational speech? Oh, if they played Boise? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen listen to what these fuckers did to me. He didn't play against Boise. Paul Thompson did. They should should do... uh, It'd be more like a Marcus Walker or somebody. Marcus Walker would have to... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think anybody that watched that game that didn't celebrate uh, a, a win after the pick six is just lying to themselves. Well, I mean, the, there were celebration cigarettes. It won't flowing happen everywhere. now, but uh, I mean, Sam's uh, hype speech would have to come against West Virginia in a bowl game. That was a beatdown. That was. What was the uh, West Virginia coach? Uh, oh, Stewart. Can, yeah, Bill, Bill Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, Bill, Bill Stewart's yeah. last stand. He got a job out of that deal. Now he's dead. Boise State is ahead of Cincinnati, but if Cincinnati beats Memphis, yeah, I think oh, so. I see what you're saying. I don't know if you know because Memphis just beat Cincy. Now they're playing again, which sounds stupid. Anyway, I but just if have Cincinnati to Cincinnati beats Memphis. Yeah, we lost him jump? in 2012, Josh. I wow. just have yeah, he Seven died. Years out of date. I just have to think like one thing that's so weird about the playoff committee is their their ability to keep putting a Big Twelve team in there that you think is going to drop out. Every week, but they didn't put Kansas State. That was the one that I know. A lot I was, of people I was decently surprised, in. and the numbers were decently surprised. Like McClintock was decently surprised that Kansas State at least didn't jump in the top yeah. twenty-five this week. Yeah, he said he had the, Kansas which, State twenty-one, which could be, yeah. if you're a conspiracy theorist, could be the ultimate to get OU back in it. You this throw is the them justification. You yeah, you throw That's them back saying, in yeah. in the top twenty-five at the end of it all. I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen, but it's. At the very least, will be interesting. Either that come Sunday or, morning, or Baylor loses and drops out of the top twenty-five completely. I, I don't even know if they have to give a top twenty-five. Do they at the end? Or they just give the top four on Sunday. And then yeah, they give go. top twenty-five. Do they? Like yeah. if Virginia loses by forty, does Kansas State jump Virginia and Virginia is out of the twenty-five? Probably yes. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> but I I do think that if Baylor say Oklahoma wins and it's nothing crazy, say they win by two touchdowns. I do think that Baylor would stay in the top, at least the top 13. I think you could even make an argument they stay in the top 10. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. Well, I mean, it, it would it would make an interesting argument because Baylor would have lost, you know, to the, the best team on their schedule, which is the exact same situation Utah's in. The... The cheering guide for Oklahoma is very, very easy, though. Oregon, OU, LSU. Yeah. Um, OU, Oregon, LSU, you're in the college football playoff. I think so. If you're happy with all those outcomes, you're in. Let me ask you this. Uh, is it just set in stone, Baylor's going if Oregon and 
LSU both win and and they beat OU? Wouldn't it have to be? I would think it would have it to would, be. Uh, boy, I don't know how you could justify it. But because you'd ha- you'd have but, to put in a two loss team. Let's say Wisconsin beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Then it'd be Wisconsin versus Baylor. Yeah. If Oof. if a one loss conference Where'd Big Twelve champion We're couldn't way get out in there. Hi- over a two loss Big Ten champion or Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State would still get in. I think Ohio State would still get in. Yes. Right? Oh, too. yeah, they do. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they would. Oh, you're saying who for the four spot? Four, right. Wisconsin or Baylor. I mean, if it wasn't Baylor, the Big 12, which I don't think that they have the balls and the leadership to do it, they should pull out of the entire thing. Of the NCAA? Yes. 100%. Joe C ain't doing that shit. Well, I don't he know if Joe Illinois. C would do it, but I mean, the... Spineless leader that is yeah, Bill Wisconsin Bolton. lost to Illinois. Lost to Illinois. Yeah, you're the, out. <laughs> end, end of conversation. Like you have two losses and one of them is Illinois. We don't really have anything else to say here. I don't think any of the uh, true chaos scenarios happen, though. I mean, now sure, I, Wisconsin might push Ohio State, but I don't think they can beat them. I don't think you Chase, know, I, Chase Young destroyed them the first first time. Honestly, I think the most likely thing that happens is Georgia beats LSU. No, it's not most likely. <laughs> not at all. They can't score enough points. From a, from a chaos standpoint. Oh, I see. Just see, I don't think wild scenarios. Yeah. I don't think that's zero-sum game either. Like, what would the percentage chances be that, that Oregon, OU, and LSU win? What, I wonder what the 538 or FPI or whatever those numbers would tell you. That Oregon, LSU, and OU all win? Yes. Mm-hmm. I got to think that's like if it's like 40%. Like, no, I would say like 22%, but that would still be the highest, I would say. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then like Utah, OU, and LSU would probably be like 19 or 17 or something like that. That's probably go. fair. Josh, uh, do you do we have a little bit of time? Do you need any family talk? Christmas, anything no. going on there? Santa? No, I'm, we, I mean, what about recruiting? Know, hope, what about Reggie hope. Grimes? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, don't care about your family. I care about recruiting. <laughs> no, nice. it's perfectly fine. That was worth fine. it. No, that was worth the the uh, trying to give you some family talk. That was definitely worth it. No, uh, you know, Christmas the, shopping's done. We can Eddie circle. We, we that, can circle so. back and do family talk. And the show you no, guys no. saw Friday. I'm just trying to give the listeners what they want with Mims for Morris. Yeah, uh, I guess we could start there. Eddie was there with me. I mean, that was that's one of the better high school games I've seen in a couple of years. That was a lot of fun. It was exactly what you thought it was going to be, two really good teams. I mean, Lone Star could go on and win the state championship, and Highland Park's going to feel like that could have been us. I mean, they, they, it was that – you know, and Eddie looked at me, what was that, about mid-third quarter, Eddie, and you, we kind of said, I think Highland Park's a better team here. Yes. Like, it, it just – they I, felt like – I still yep, think that they are. Yeah, it it just felt like, I mean, there was a couple times. I mean, Marvin Mims didn't have a huge game, but just every once in a while, he was just a little too much for Highland Park to deal with. Like, And they were having to use two defenders on him at all times. It was leaving single coverage everywhere else. And they're, uh, Garrett Rangel, their sophomore quarterback there at Lone Star, is a good player. I was impressed with him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Marvin Mims, Guy's just a playmaker. He made he made a play on the the fourth down that tied it late there in the fourth quarter. Or I guess, excuse me, gave um, 
Lone Star the lead, put them up, I think it was 27-24. And when the ball came out of Rangel's hand, I, Eddie and I both said, like, I didn't think there was any way that was going to be a completed pass. There, there was no way. And Mims just kind of found his way through traffic and made a catch in the corner of the end zone. That was, I mean, it wasn't a great catch or anything, but it was just the fact that he won the ball. He was the only one that tracked it. It was like the other two guys, you could tell, just didn't know where it was. It it was weird. He just responded faster to it. That's a perfect way to say it. Um, And he was close to having one foot down on that drive in the end zone. Yeah. Making just an unbelievable catch. Yeah, he he just about did. (laughs) I always forget that Kerry can pretty much watch that with us bit by bit. Um, But no, and then as far as Chandler Morris, I, I... you know, he's what you think he is. I mean, it's all the cliches. He's a coach's kid. He's a tough kid. He's got moxie. Just he kind of you, you like the way he carries himself, the way he does things. But I mean, Didn't Johnny is Mox there anything wear number four too? Yeah, Mox yeah, was four. Mox. Yeah, Mox was four. Uh, I, he, I saw no oopty oops, but um, <laughs> he. Uh, but no, I mean, he's he's just a good player. He he does a lot of a the lot. things. Yeah, I mean, and he makes. He makes a lot of sense for Oklahoma in this 2020 class. You can understand it. And he, from some of the people I talked I talk to kind of this weekend, that's not a kid that's going to come in afraid of Spencer Radler or Brock Vandegrift behind him. Like, if he thinks Oklahoma's the best situation for him, I I, I think he'll go in there and think, I can win this job. Like, I, I just think that's the way he's wired. Should Chandler and Chad Morris be seen as a package deal? That's a good question. I, I really don't think so. And, and a part of it is because, I, and I, I can never remember, and Bob may know it because Bob is just better at these sort of things than I am. There's some sort of rule that they're, like, if the coach is higher, then the player can't be, or if the player is signed, then the coach can't come. There's some sort of sequential order, and I don't know if it mm, applies to his situation because, I mean, it's dad, so I don't know. Mm-hmm exactly how that works and so i won't claim that i do but there are some connection issues there that i think they would have to clear up some red tape on you know it's Um, interesting because obviously um texas is going after a lot of people graham harrell's a guy that's been brought up uh but then you've got is it purdy at lsu brady brady joe Joe brady yeah joe purdy is a musician brock purdy plays for iowa state I'm thinking team of that under, full, full team circle. that severely underwhelmed, and their coach still gets all this national. Boy, attention. that is crazy! Isn't Matt Rule or Matt uh, Rule Matt uh, Campbell? You got Campbell. this! Oh my God, you got, got this! this. <laughs> I have had very little sleep. Matt Holiday, uh, Matt, I did it! I screwed it up again. Matt Campbell, yeah, I mean, God, between Florida State not giving up on Bob Stoops, and then everybody and their dog going after Matt Campbell. I think he got an extension to like 2050 yesterday. All I'm saying is, I think he's a really good coach. Let's pump the brakes on making him the next just major deal in college football. Yeah. They underwhelmed severely this year. There is a severe lack of, not creativity, but just a, a, a lack of insight into young, you know, up and coming coaches, right? Like more than I've ever seen. Well, I and maybe th- it's because more people don't let coaches near the media and stuff that might be a little bit of it i think that a lot of it is just everybody wants to crown if one team has a really good season everybody wants to crown oh this is the next lincoln riley or oh this is mm-hmm. the next big thing in college football when in reality well the nfl maybe, just maybe he that. just had a bunch of really good Zach players Taylor, i mean 
Yeah, everybody wants the next Sean McVay, the next Zach Taylor, next. Well, there's no next Zach Taylor yet. The Bengals kind of suck. Yeah, that. But I mean, like the next up and coming offensive yeah. mind. Back to recruiting. Sorry, we derailed you. No, no, Chad Moore. But wait, no, we're talking about Chad Morris and Chan. No, I just thought like if Harold gets involved in the Texas job, and that USC job opens, I'd be curious if that doesn't become. Yeah, well, something Chad Morris looks at, and then something Chandler Morris looks at. That's a, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't really thought about so that. He did but you're get right. the I mean, USC offer mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Because I've heard more than one person say Graham Harrell is there. He's going to have to tell Texas no before Texas moves somewhere else. So that's that's a big. I mean, because I think you see North Texas fell off a little bit this year offensively. They weren't quite the same team, and USC in spite of three different starting quarterbacks, yeah. kind of I – mean, USC wasn't terrible this year. Right? They, they just weren't. Um, I oh, I think it's insane that they're thinking about keeping Helton. But, I, I do, too. Or not I even thinking too. about it. They're they reportedly are. going to, yeah. But wouldn't they have to rehire him since he got <laughs> fired? That that Have you seen that guy's account? He has gone ghost. Like, yeah. he is – I'll give him credit. That. He's left up the original report, though. He hasn't oh, he tweeted it. something here recently. The latest on USC, comma Clay Helton. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he credited Football Scoop for saying that he was staying. Yikes! That they were keeping him. Yikes! That's a nightmare scenario. See, I'm not one to make fun of that stuff because I know I'm not saying that I would ever make a mistake that big, but you're just one screw up away from just becoming a national joke. Yep. At- I think it was also a case of people were looking for a reason to go after a certain publication. Yeah, that's true. Oh, sure. People were specifically national guys that had friends that were, for a lack of better terms, f***ed over by SI. Yeah. So I think everybody was just willing and ready once they saw that it was the Maven that go, go, Well, and then once SI fought... But the problem is Pat, report. Pat Forty <laughs> went to go work for them, left Yahoo Sports to go work for them, and then he's refuting exactly. the story. Like yeah. he works for Sports Illustrated, and he's refuting a story from someone that is employed by Sports and Illustrated. They're aggregating the, <laughs> and then they're <laughs> aggregating that Pat Forty is reporting that this that our guy is wrong. Like we're telling you, here's a story about us telling you that our report is wrong. Whew, that's a lot to uh, unpack, without, isn't it? With, without us actually crediting ourselves as being wrong. We're just yes. crediting ourselves as being right now. Like, there was no retraction. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. now that's just what you do. You aggregate. You get someone else in the company to say that this guy was wrong, and you don't be like, we regret to report that our report was wrong. I mean, like... Well, you, you get A to report it incorrectly, B to correct the incorrect report, and C and D to talk about the whole thing. Love it. Boom. I mean, nailed Pro- it. That profit. Clicks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Result, profit. Um, While your investors, guy's getting- possibly you. <laughs> then your guy's getting ratioed on Twitter the entire time. <laughs> yeah. You got to pick who's going to be the sacrificial lamb. Who's going to be A? Who's going to die here? <laughs> no, the the mo- the. the, the- most vicious thing I saw, though, was the Bruce Feldman oh. tweet uh, that followed up his initial report 
when he said, source at USC told me the only person getting fired is probably the guy who, who reported that. That's a salty place. little line, isn't it? Yeah. Well, especially coming from Feldman, who always comes off as a really yeah. nice guy. Like, yeah. that was that was like Hulk and uh, just slamming the body around. Like, you need a little meme to go with it. Um, but no, it, I guess we can try to get back to recruiting here a little bit. Um, yeah, so with Chandler Morse, everybody, Chandler Morse, yeah, yeah, with Chandler Morse, everything I, everybody I talk to, Oklahoma is the likely choice. The school that I keep hearing to watch out for is Virginia Tech, and I don't really know why. I don't really understand it, but there, there does seem to be some connection there, um, and and I get the impression that there is. Um, Kind of some mutual respect between Fuente and um, and and Chad Morris, so I think that plays a role. But I, if you were betting today, I think Oklahoma is definitely the bet you make. And Josh, but again, the USC thing gets interesting. Josh, would yeah. it be a safe assumption that Morris would show up next weekend? That's my bet. I, I haven't been able to confirm that. And he's kind of said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to kind of come to this decision. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but you would think that if Oklahoma can bring him in for an official visit next weekend, really, you know, obviously Jalen will be off doing the Heisman thing. I mean, there, there's a lot that they can kind of package that weekend with. And may, maybe they can convince him to sign early and have that kind of done and out of the way and all that. I, you don't know. It, it's There's a lot in the air with him because, like we said, it's not just about him. What's his dad going to do? What, what? How does that impact what he – I mean, does he – dead set on if my dad gets a job i'm gonna go wherever he goes i mean there, there's just a lot of moving parts within that decision so we'll have to we'll have to watch that but i like i said i think oklahoma is a good spot we're gonna have to see where a couple other chips fall though do you think there's any chance that oklahoma sends spencer rattler to new york instead of jalen just for the experience just to, yeah just to you know well because i mean like we said earlier it, it helps to have been there before uh, Spencer Rattler's here. We don't know why. He's Lincoln Riley's plus OU one. OU fans wanted Jalen Bench, so they just sent Rattler instead. Maybe. Hey, if Grant Calcaterra can show up with Baker, then Spencer Rattler can show up that's with Hurts. That's 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 very true. Uh, how does... I, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, how does uh, the somewhat extra scholarships factor into this 2020 class? Uh, is it too late to do anything with that? And just kind of your overall thoughts on where that is as far as the program goes with Michael Thompson's departure. Well, you know, and, and I think that's something that it, it gets confused sometimes because, you know, when I do my commit predictions each month and, you know, put them in the scoop and all that, I'm usually factoring those things in. Like, I expect these changes to come. And this year, I was more aggressive because we've been talking about it since June or July right. that there were going to be departures. That was coming. Like, we knew it. and it, I mean, it's already started to happen. I expect a few more. I mean, th those things are all possible. So I don't think anything at this point is really going to impact 2020. I think it would be more, okay, we can get more aggressive with 2021 and do some things there. I don't. I don't think – I mean, Oklahoma's just never been that school, whether it was under Bob or under Lincoln. They don't want to throw scholarships at just somebody unless they have to. Dylan Fahamatu, that was a we have to have somebody. They needed a body so bad. And, I mean, that, that's not a dig at Dylan, but, you know, they might have 
just held on to that scholarship if they didn't need another defensive tackle just for practice purposes. I mean, they just did not have enough bodies to make that work. So they really try to avoid doing that because then you're beholden to that guy for at least a couple years before you can kind of convince him, hey, this probably isn't going to work out. And, you know, honestly, we never thought it was going to. We needed you here just to help us out. Um, I mean, that's just a tough reality. But um, I think when you look at guys like Justin Harrington, um, and honestly, it's it's going to shock people, and we'll get into the, his conversation in a second. Reggie Grimes was a guy that Oklahoma absolutely wanted to take. They just didn't know if they were going to have the numbers to do so. I mean, it, it, I think people just assume like, oh, yeah, OU was always taking him. I don't know. Like, I, I think it worked out to their advantage that they had a few of these come in early, so they kind of had a better idea of what numbers were really going to be so that they could make that decision because I, I don't know if he'd have wanted to commit in early October if that would have been possible just because they wouldn't have been sure that they could have made that work without, you know, okay, well, we can't take Josh Eaton or we can't take Dante Manning or we can't, you know, where they have, frankly, bigger needs. So Grimes was a little bit of a luxury. Harrington, I think, is made possible by some of the transfers. So, again, it's some of the, like, you know, we're looking at 24-25, and that's what I've been talking about in the commit predictions for months. And Oklahoma, I mean, they, I, I can deal in the hypothetical. They have to deal with this is what we actually have at this moment, and we don't know if Jaqueline Crawford's going to go or if he's going to stay. We can't. We can't just assume that because then we get bound to a guy that we can't keep. Do you think that they go, I don't want to say like around the table, but I think they probably have a pretty good idea on who's going and who's staying, don't you? I, I do. Talking about yeah. the coaches? Yeah. You mean the NFL, go declare early. No Not only that, transfer. but transfer, uh, transfer yeah. portal, yeah. all yep. that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I think everybody... Well, when they're kicking him out the door, they kind of... Yeah, well, but everybody kind of knows the score on Jordan Parker, don't we? Like Robert Barnes, Robert Jordan Barnes. Parker, Chance Silva. Like, these guys aren't... Like, But, but I mean, think about it. Like, we... And I I'm I, I completely agree, Eddie, they do, but there's always that guy like P.J. Mbonasor. We talk about him forever. They, they knew Mbonasor was not going to be a role guy for them pretty early on, and he just kept hanging around and hanging around. And finally, <laughs> they were like... Go. I kind of think this group would be different in that they don't really have a connection with a lot of these guys yeah. in a way, and it's You're easier right. for an Alex Grinch to say, "You know what? Come in my office for a second. Let's talk about your future here in Norman." <laughs> there is or lack one. thereof. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. Thanks. No. I mean, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I I get that they can have an idea and. You know, and it, again, I'm I'm working on the numbers that I have because I think things like that are going to happen. Uh, I, I certainly won't. But I mean, like Jaqueline Crawford's a good example. They moved him to corner because they wanted to have they wanted him to have a chance. They they were like this guy's a great athlete. Surely we can do something with him here. But the light just never went on for him. Yeah. He, he just never saw the urgency in it. And they you can't predict those things. And at the same time, they may have thought, well, Robert Barnes is going to see that we're not playing him at all at safety, and our safety situation isn't that special anyway. Uh, surely he's going to see the writing on the wall, but Robert Barnes hadn't announced anything yet. Let us help you is basically what they're saying. And if it doesn't, if the light doesn't come on, there's only so much you can do about it. I mean, they have to worry about themselves. Yep. 
No, I mean, no, nobody's going to be like, well, OU just had to deal with all those guys and wait until they graduated. Now we've given Alex Grinch four years. Nobody's on that timeline. I is, mean, except for apparently the athletic director at Texas. It is, it is, it's very odd because, I mean, like you look at Parnell Motley's a guy that has obviously really taken to this coaching staff. He's become a better player. And you look across the field, and it seems like Trey Brown has gotten worse. And maybe that's harsh. No, I not, don't. I, not worse, but he certainly hasn't gotten consistent. Okay. Yep. I would say in a way. He's not making plays anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if you could say anything about Trey Brown the last couple of years, the guy in big moments would he'd make a play. That OSU game, you look at last year against uh, – in, in, I mean, the last two years against OSU, he's made great plays. And this year, he was – he was the weak link in that secondary. I thought I thought Pat Fields and Turner Yell actually played pretty good games. Except for the one on one with But that's not your fault. You get one on one with uh Dylan Stoner and Yeah. Oh Dylan Stoner's that's a good that's a massive matchup problem. I would think that you know, spe- specifically with the secondary, you look at a guy like uh Buki Radley Hiles, I I would think he's that he's better, yeah. he's a perfect example of the guys that if you're Alex Grinch or you're Roy Manning, you're taking around and you're saying, this is what we did with this guy. Look how bad he was a year ago. Look how much the fans hated this guy. They wanted his scholarship removed, yeah. and he probably is coming off of his best game of his career. And a story coming up on Scoop. But, how about you that? know, and, Professional and, I, and, team. and I will oh, say... Oh, you're using the podcast to go. promote I like your it. I like it. Promote stuff. our content. I like it. <laughs> I, you acted like there was something wrong with it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> you're like sheepishly like... That, that's like I said, that's something you can yell about. Yeah, <laughs> scream it. That's what uh, but to defend, I mean, like the reality. Bob just did one Bo- of those things where he like put his hand in front of his <laughs> neck to carry, like he was slicing his neck. That's open. why that he was, won't come in here. That for was awkward super crazy. I did not expect that. <laughs> it's gotten dark. Uh, but no, guys, on that first drive, Oklahoma State had. I must have gotten 10 tweets about, they should bench Buki. Bench oh, yeah, him. He missed crazy. a tackle. And I'm like, every time he misses a tackle, it's like front page news. If anybody else does it, no, take that back. If he or Kenneth Murray miss a tackle, but yeah, they the don't world kill, shuts down. But they don't kill Jaden Davis, even nope. though he's had some horrible missed tackles. Oh, yeah. He's had bigger problems over the last month than Buki has. But I, he... he he started off strong, so everybody just assumes he's great. I think it's fair to say, and I'm not saying that there's not going to be any faults with this coaching staff defensively, but if you are, what, 12 games in now and you don't believe that they're headed in the right direction or that you can't trust Alex Grinch or Brian Odom or Roy Manning or Calvin Thibodeau or even, hell, Ruffin McNeil, if you can't trust these guys <laughs> at this point, like you're just you're looking for reasons not to. Yep. Don't you, I mean, even yeah. roughing me for as much shit as he's gotten. Benito and Benito Aguebu played pretty well yes. when they've gotten their chances. And, and he he made John Michael Terry a serviceable player who we thought was just another kid that we were waiting for for him to be. Like for, you are PTSD come from a broken no, home type let's mental start fucked a thread. up. When do we get rid of Ruffin now? Like oh my, uh, my god, my favorite thread on the board this week was coaching changes. 
Yes. Uh, they're they're eleven and one. Like and these people want wholesale changes. Was it they, didn't want, that they way? just want they want roughing out. Or was yeah. it more that they think maybe Shane Beamer might might be poached? Because I know that definitely is running. You around. watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. No. See the ODU thing, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, hope, if, I if hope you not. can be I hope a they head coach do, just one more year. Take it, but he's at Oklahoma to learn from Lincoln Riley. Sure. Like he's he left the job at Georgia for goodness sakes. Yeah. I mean, like he's here for bigger things. I would think. I would. I think Oklahoma fans would. I one more year with this whole 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 group together. I think could be it could be very fun. Yeah. And who's to who's to and say that would that, include Ruffin? He's fine. Yeah, everybody. There's no reason. Bring the whole band back. I'd be okay with that. But if Ruffin McNeil decides to retire at the end of the year, I don't think that anybody would just be necessarily no. heartbroken either. No. From a from a recruiting standpoint. I was gonna say I think the biggest it's it just and then that's the hard thing for people to see because it's not I mean, people are like, well, there's you know, look at the guys in the, these recruiting classes. I mean, Aguebu came in last year. Ruffin McNeil didn't have anything to do with Aguebu. Like that that wasn't really a situation. Ruffin McNeil didn't have anything to do with Nick Benito being recruited. Like and I get that at those point in time he was in a different position. That's fine. I understand that. But you know, it, it's the part that's hard for people to see. But you can't argue, like like you guys are saying, I mean, the group that he is on paper responsible for is playing really well. Is there any Josh Warbob, is there a name and you don't have to say it? the name actual name but is there do you think over the next two weeks there will be a, a name that emerges that and it seems like this happens every year that you go oh my god i cannot believe that oklahoma is going to have a chance with this guy going into national signing day it, it feels like we already shot our shot with reggie grimes like, yeah i can't believe Alfred that collins is in the same boat yeah. but, and i would but even we're past that now. yeah i would even consider that more of a we already know about that name like yeah. from a from out of the blue type the, thing, right? I already, I already there know was, who it is. There was a name I'd heard. Why are you laughing? You know, following Texas who? Week. Oh God! What? Do you I'm have concerned. a name? Do you have yeah. a name? Who? Transfer portal. Tua Tyvia logo. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Can't, I knew I couldn't do his name. I have to say it first and screw it up before I can say it. I don't know. Ty Logan. I think his dad beats him. Oh my god! <laughs> you got really dark. I don't know what's in the air over there, but I mean, Bob sending signals of hate to Carrie. You know, we've got talk of parental abuse. I mean, it's it's Eddie's drinking thing. a it's peppermint well, it's latte. Been well documented. This isn't peppermint. This is vanilla. So anyway, no surprise. You were about to name somebody, Josh, before I derailed that. No, no, uh, you know, there's nobody that jumps out at me. But I guess, like I said, I know what's going to happen. We'll end up not talking about it. The Reggie Grimes commitment that that's a huge deal for Oklahoma. For him, for going to land a guy like that in Tennessee. For the people that don't really follow him from the beginning, this guy was a five star on Rivals at one point, and he has that kind of ability. I I was telling Eddie the other day, you know, when we were hanging out at AT and T. Reggie Grimes is a guy that, as a freshman in high school, ran a 200 meters that would finish in the top six in the state of Oklahoma last year at the state championships. <laughs> Jeez. That's insane. That's insane. And he's 6'5", 230 pounds. Like, I mean, you're talking about a freakish athlete. Now, 
the reason Oklahoma was probably able to go in and get him because his father is a Alabama alum, played at Alabama. Like, there's all these things that is made you think it was going to be Alabama. Is because Jared the production's Falwell was there. a bad bag man. Well, I mean, obviously there is that. I mean, you know, we we have to get our give our credit to the uh, the reporting bag man. But no, I mean, the production's not always so there. Man. So Oklahoma kind of got to sneak in, and there it's like I. I've talked about before with guys like this, the risk is worth the reward. The reward is a possible first-round draft pick. I mean, he has that sort of high-end athleticism. But the risk is that you're going to get a guy that maybe play in and play out isn't there. Yeah. Oh, my God, now, you went Ron Tatum on him? Yeah, that's that's a little harsh. I, I don't think his, I don't think his motor's on that particular low rung of the, the ladder. But, I mean, he is... I mean, there is some of that. There is some boomer bust quality to him. Um, but I mean, like I said, Reggie Grimes is a kid that grew up. His dad's around football. I don't think it's. I don't think the floor is as low as it is with Ron Tatum, and I think the ceiling is higher. But it's a, it's a comparison you can make. National Signing Day, the first one, the really the only one that counts. Two coming weeks, up December eighteenth. Two weeks. Uh, we've had our Cyber Monday special going on the website. Uh, glad that so many people jumped on that. And if you're listening to the podcast and uh, you took the opportunity to jump on that, like uh, so many did, we appreciate you. Uh, I would keep an ear to the ground. We may have another special coming up here for you leading up to signing day. Uh, so uh, make sure if you if you want to subscribe to the scoop, check it all out. Check out uh, being able to have access to the message boards where you can contact any of us twenty four seven and uh, get a lot of inside information, a lot of uh, videos you don't get to see anywhere else. Uh, from Eddie on there as well. He got uh, all the different, the Oklahomas and um, what else? We got, uh, well, the, the scoop, scoop itself. Scoop itself. Yep. Uh, just before going that, Eddie's, uh, what do you call yours, Eddie? I don't do it anymore. You don't do it anymore. Bob's got uh, the mini, the uh, su- uh, illegitimate side illegitimate. of Scoop. So, see, I know what's uh, going on. I know your stuff. And, and, you know, for people, uh, like I, uh, Carrie's right, I, we're kind of hearing word that there may be another promo coming. You can also gift a subscription. You, I mean, we've got that's stuff where great, you can do. Yeah, that's a great yep, gift for people One month, the three months, six months, you can kind of pick what your price point is for, you know, OU fan that you know or like or, you know, the one you don't like and just want to give them something. That's fine. We'll, we'll take we'll, we'll take your, you know, unwanted friends. Bring them on. So, um yeah, so that that's always there. It's available. an easy you can way to tell stuff. your friend stop bugging me about OU football. Go bug these guys. That's that is correct. Wish I that's, could, um, wish I could give one of those to my best friend. I, that that's my that's my family get togethers. So I'm with my family. Yeah, it's I like, wish I could just give them all a subscription. They wouldn't talk to me about anything. But they wouldn't use the it. They would just wait until they saw you and bug true. you about it again. It's it's not untrue, and we all know that pain. We all live that life. We've all got one of those people in our lives. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to hit on before we get out of here? How's your family doing, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit, Eddie. This is going to be that thing, like a fantasy football thing. I'm going to start telling you about it like I don't care. <laughs> I, I hear you. No, I, I do. I just was getting to recruiting stuff. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we Like I said, we'll the, have plenty the big of time news, to talk Christmas about Laney and holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we we got we got stories already. Especially coming. if this Big Twelve game goes to shit. Oh yeah, we'll need some filler. All right. Well, the post game podcast uh, will be on after the game. It will be very short if OU loses because we'll want to get the hell out of there. 
Um, actually, we might not want to. We might not even care about watching the SEC game. Then we'll be openly rooting for Georgia. If OU loses, why not? Just bring the chaos. Just yeah, I like pissing people off. Eddie's thinking about it. I don't know. It probably depends on who I end up batting on. <laughs> I got you. All right. Uh, well, thanks to all you guys. It's week number thirteen. My God, it's been uh, an unbelievable season. Still not over yet. Baylor Big Twelve Championship. Remember, go to SeatGeek. Use that promo code uh, Scoop for uh, ten dollars off your first order. Uh, also, uh, MidFirst.com/u40. Go sign up at MidFirst and uh, keep an eye out on Sooner Scoop. If you didn't take advantage of Cyber Monday, uh, we're probably going to have another big deal coming up here before signing day that you can take advantage of as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you guys back here next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from SoonerScoop.com.